Oh, come on, Spencer. We, we got to start the show. It's time. I mean, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I, I don't know. Is the show I, already over? <laughs> Is uh, I mean, I know we can't. I just can't believe it. I can't. I can't believe it. You know, it's happened before. It's going to happen again. We're going to we're going to get through this, man. We'll see. I don't know if that's true. Uh, oh, so we're rolling. Are we rolling? We are. We, we are recording. Okay, so like, just you know, I got some bad news, you guys. Jeff was supposed to be here. Um, this has never happened before, Kevin. This has never happened before. I can't. He's so. The thing about Jeff is he's normally so on the ball with communication, consistent. He never delivers, you know, uh, out of nowhere surprises. You know, he never cancels last minute and. I was so excited, you know, to have him on the show, uh, but he just, you know, he canceled and I don't, we had so much shit prep for him. You know, we had that whole, like, um, what do you call it? The Fernet flight that we were going to try on the show. Um, you know, we actually, we, we planned some scripted bits that honestly, they took me days to write and they don't, you know, Kevin, you have a lot of charisma, but it just doesn't like the character that, you know, he was embodying. It just doesn't fit. Like it's not going to work. So like, I just, I honestly, I don't think we, I, I should you just, you know, tell, call up, uh, whoever's next and just be like, Hey, you know, we can't, we're not going to be able to pull this off. We need you, you know, we need you to come in now. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think we could just end the show right now. What do you say? Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's just end the show. <laughs> okay. That was, that's good. This is a load off my shoulders, man. What a great, you know, I mean, I forget about that because that's usually in the video episodes, like on, on the website that you put in those credits, but I don't, I don't see that. And it's, yeah, that's, that's a nice, you put that together, right? I did. I, I completely stole the Harmontown credits and just put a different Ryan Elder song over top of it. Hey, I mean, the song, it really makes it work. I, I think that's a good song. It does. Anyway, but yeah, Jeff was supposed to be on. He suffered he delayed onset heat stroke, which I don't believe is a thing. I don't think that's a real thing. I think you can get heat stroke, you know, immediately on being exposed to the conditions that induce heat stroke, but I don't think you know, in the evening, you're fine. And then the next afternoon, suddenly you get heat stroke, you know, but who knows? I'm sure he has, he's dehydrated, you know, I, 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 assuming he drank at all, you know, that would exacerbate any dehydration. I'm sure he's not merely lying to get out of doing a show that he himself, that's the other thing about Jeff is that he, you know, when he says he's going to be there, he always is, you know, he never fails. It's not like he's ever it's not like he's ever said, Hey, I'm back in town. You know, we should do the show and then like ends up not doing the show. That's definitely not something that's happened multiple times to us. It's just, I just don't know how to get over this blow to my ego. You know, I, I, I mean, it's just crazy. You could do what I did. And when he was in town and wanted to meet up after his show, I blew him off at the very last minute and didn't show up. Damn, and it honestly, it felt, kind of good. That? What, what, it, it felt pretty good. <laughs> what about no that? um he was doing a, a who's live show near uh where we live and me and arrow were gonna go see the show and then go out to like dinner with him afterwards and all that and at the like 10 minutes before we should have been there we i had to text him and go sorry i can't make it 
damn so, you had to what what changed um freak snowstorm in the middle of march i think it was april uh-huh. i can't remember when it was but it was like uncharacteristically late and it it was terribly snowing and it was kind of a, a drive away so we decided just to skip it yeah that sounds like a, a reasonable decision it sounds like it could have been very difficult for you to do that. Not on, un- you know, not unlike uh, having a mild affliction and not being able to talk for close to an hour. <laughs> you know, like those are those are comparable having to drive through uh, dangerous driving conditions. Uh, you know, um, but whatever, it's fine. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, when I when he says stuff like this, like I'm back in town, we should do the show. I don't, I'm like, I mean, okay, sure. When are you going to tell us that you can't do it? Because, <laughs> you know, you say this now, but that does not respect the reality of the situation we live in. It's definitely the case that it's not going to happen. And I'm just waiting for it to happen. Um, and I will take fault for, you know, being the Charlie Brown in this situation. You know, at some point it's like, why, why? Because like I said, I do just assume it's not going to happen. But this time, I guess I dared myself a little hope. I didn't think about what I would talk about uh, for the show, which, you know, I don't think about it that much. But I I do go like, well, I am going to have to talk for close to an hour, 15 minutes or so, you know, so should at least think a little bit about what I'm going to say. But you know, I, mean, I, I believed he was going to be there to the point that I tweeted that he was going to be on the show. I posted on the schedule. I confirmed with him the night before. So well, I, that's I, the thing you confirmed with him the night before, which I was like, very clever. You know, he he's he's offering Jeff an out and then let's see what happens. And uh, he didn't bite then he you know, he could have. But I, I don't know. There's, there's something about it. Um, but yeah, I, I was wondering if you ended up, uh, tweeting about it and stuff, because I was like, you know, I don't know, whatever, what a good subject to talk about. What are other things that I talk about all the fucking time? Uh, the Nazis are at it again. Uh, Patriot front got arrested, um, for as far as I know, just for being in a U-Haul. Like, I don't think they got in trouble for doing any, uh, attempted violence or anything. It was just like, you can't be in a U-Haul. You're not allowed and so they they only had a 300 dollars bail which is a joke uh but do you think that was what? worthwhile though be- because otherwise they would have had to wait for them to have done something illegal more illegal than riding the back of a u-haul like should the police have stood by waited for something to happen and then arrest them to get bigger charges or should they have prevented it the way they did well it's weird because there are circumstances when you can arrest someone before they do something because they're planning to do something and I think you'd have pretty clear evidence and a clear basis to have arrested them on that account. I think you could do that if you wanted. Um, secondarily, laws are fake. It's all made up. Cops do whatever they want constantly. It's, it's so, you know, like to the extent that they didn't have any grounds, like, oh, you didn't have, uh, we didn't have grounds to make that arrest. Tell that to uh, any number of people of all colors, races, you know, genders. Uh, you know, when they get arrested for uh, illegal means or, you know, arrested for undue premises, you know, it's all it's all bullshit. It's crazy. Um, 300, though, it's like at that point, just why are you even arresting them? I mean, I guess to put them in jail overnight or something, but you got you got to believe that they the cops were crying and hugging when they're like, I'm so sorry I had to do this. 
you know, we'll see you soon. I can't wait till you get back out there, champ. You know, um, and of course, they ended up arresting a leftist and I'm sure did not charge them a $300 bail or whatever the fuck, uh, because they just, you know, you can't just arrest Nazis without uh, beating up or arresting innocent people. Like, that's not how cops do their jobs. Um, there was other things that Nazis did, right? I don't know. It's hard to, it's all just a thing. The other thing is Patriot Front is explicitly planning terror attacks on the 4th of July. <laughs> like, they're, they're plotting. The FBI was like, hey, the DHS was like, hey, maybe we should do something about this. And, uh, and uh, yeah and I'm, i i wonder if they'll do something before that happens uh too or you know or they're going to try and wait wait for an offense so they can file charges or wait for an offense so they can come up with an excuse not to get involved because they're terrified you know and then just let them shoot as many people as they want you know we've seen that happen hey that happens that happens the when the that and that happens is atrocities <laughs> it's like just just the worst shit on the world the planet uh anyway i don't know we had a uh i don't know the, the it's crazy I, i'm really i'm a real doomer about this sort of stuff i i really i don't know if doomer is the right word but you know i, I i'm really pessimistic about all this stuff um and i stream on twitch and um one of my twitch followers is the only person who's like more negative about the future than me like that i've ever encountered and um he is i don't know you know i think he he probably sees more shit than i do i, I assume it's a he i don't know um i assume everyone on the internet that's interacting with me with this is a he which is not a good generalization to make it's not because well it's because it's like you know i just have this holdover from being an unpopular child which is like a woman would never talk to me so if someone's talking to me they must be a man um which is you know misogynist in a self-hating way which maybe all misogyny is coming from a self-hating way but um it, we he was we were going around in circles on on twitch and man i was getting really depressed i was like uh I should like buy body armor or something but then it's like i'll get flagged as a terrorist for buying body armor new york state just like introduced a, a body armor ban pretty recently i don't know i don't think it's passed yet or anything but a ban on body armor which i get it because this is something that terrorists do is they get guns they get body armor and then they go and shoot and stuff you know but like body armor is protection <laughs> you know like ban the and guns I feel like I could make body armor that's pretty close to what you could buy. Holy you know, shit. Like I, I might have to engage you on that. <laughs> I don't mean me specifically. I just mean like in oh. general, like you could buy Kevlar on Amazon right now. You can get some padding. You can get like, is, is it that much more sophisticated? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's level three and level four uh, body armor. I think level three is pretty common and level four is the harder stuff to get. But level four is approved against like rifle rounds, AR rounds, NATO rounds, which is that's what you really need. And also those are the big bullets. You know, um, it's not like you can't die from other bullets and stuff, but handguns have less what they call stopping power because they don't blow you apart. <laughs> but rifles, that's the whole problem with the AR-15 is it's, it's meant to just destroy everything it passes through. Absolutely just blow last bodies apart you know and so it's like if i want to get armor uh i would want to get the the class four which is probably harder it seemed like it was made out of ceramic uh like multiple plates or something so i don't know but it's just like i like i said i get it i'm not even saying they shouldn't ban it but it's just ironic that guns which only exist to kill 
um or you know at best they exist to threaten to kill like that's you know that's the legal version of guns is oh i'm only going to threaten to kill you and that's what that's that constitutes defense is that i i can make a i can make a threat to kill you and then maybe even make good on it and that's what guns are um but you know ultimately they are to end lives and um you know that's legal that's fine that's in the constitution but body armor a thing that you could reasonably just protect yourself with is uh you know that's that's on the chopping block but i get it you know it's like you can only do what you can if you can't ban guns maybe go in other directions but it's just sad you know i've always said like i don't get why when we talk about protection we talk about guns guns are not protection they are uh murder they are uh pre preemptive murder the that's again not Prote- uh, uh you know protection they even say the best offense is a good or the best defense is a good offense they don't say the best defense is a good defense you know they're like oh so you don't have to protect yourself you just kill the other person you just go on the offensive you know but that's not defense it just precludes the need for defense um and so i always say you know if people talk about getting protection for their homes you know get like metal shutters that come down on your windows you know get armor get a big shield or something that would be protecting your house that would be home protection you know a gun for home protection is not protection it's just murder and so i don't know so it just kind of stuck out to me again i'm not saying they shouldn't do this it's just like it's a weird a weird sign of the modern day that we're we're living in, you know um uh, is there any scenario yeah. where you see yourself buying a gun one day yeah I, that's part of what we were talking about on the, the stream it's like i i, I but so there's studies that show that if you touch a gun, I think even think about a gun, your testosterone spikes and testosterone is not conclusively uh, causally linked to violence, but it's correlated to violence. And I think that's not good. It's not good that holding something that kills people increases your, uh, you know, testosterone that makes you act reckless and crazy. <laughs> you know, that's bad. Um, but I just also think, and this is, I don't, I don't know that I've seen studies in this, but just talking to people, this is like, and and also you hear stories of crime and stuff. Um, there is just a really strong way a thing i think that happens where guns just change your thinking and so having a gun in your your house changes the way you're thinking like for instance like road range incidents that end in gunfire that happens because they have the gun in their car so when they're mad they're thinking oh i should shoot this person and they can't if they didn't have a gun they would even if they had that thought oh man i should go shoot this person they go i should go buy a gun you know it's like there's so many more steps that separate them from the actual act and so having the gun kind of reduces the steps necessary to make a rash decision and outside of that i think it just you know when you all you have is a hammer every tool be, or everything every problem starts to resemble a nail i think owning a gun keeping a gun in your house makes that a, a a possible solution that you could avail yourself of and that is the biggest problem because that means when you encounter problems and situations in your life your brain more readily goes to Oh shit, I have a gun. I could maybe shoot this thing. You know, and I think that's exceedingly dangerous. That's not something I want to expose anyone to, but especially I don't want to expose myself to that until the point of like no return. Like even in in spates of violence and stuff, I I think that I would be like, well, let's see if things uh continue to degrade further before wanting to go get a gun. Um just because of that. And 
though you know the the problem with that is what if it's too late <laughs> you know there's lines you know anytime shit was going down uh like the gun gun sales shoot up i don't remember when i think it was the lead up to the election or the lead up to january 6th or something but there was a point in time what was it no i think it was protests what were the protests oh it was black lives matter that's what it was and like when black lives matter protests were really starting to pop off there is businesses around me that were like uh boarding up their windows and stuff and around that time every gun store in uh in Burbank, there's this strip on Magnolia that just has a bunch of gun stores. And like every single one had like lines blocks long of people waiting to get guns. Of course, nothing fucking happened. And especially nothing fucking happened in Burbank. You know, it's like, like there's no, like anything that happened was in LA, but like all these fucking idiot Burbank people being like, oh, I got to board up my business. Oh, it would be such a nightmare if, if the protests came down Magnolia, you know, that well-populated. It's so, it's the arrogance you know of like people are going to care about me like it was so frustrating to me it's like you you don't matter no one thinks about you like this isn't a problem for you and um and so i think that even if big violence starts and doesn't stop i don't know i think there will be a period before um they're like going door to door pulling people out of houses you know i don't go outside um so I think even if it devolved pretty, pretty bad, it's like, well, I don't go outside. Like, I'm just, they're not going to come into my house. They don't know where I am. They don't know who I am. I'm not on the list, you know? Um, so I think a lot of people, even when shit starts getting really bad, are only going to be as exposed as they are out in the world, you know? So if you have to work a job and like, um, a busy area, I think, you know, that's more dangerous or whatever, but as someone who has just been hiding for years, it's like, until I have to stop hiding to get money and stuff, I think that I would be safe, at least safe enough to like flee because I would much rather flee than be like, I guess I'm just a guy who wears body armor and has a gun in my car just in case like Nazis just start blasting off, you know, in the area. Like, uh, I would much rather just flee. Uh, it's not a good solution, but it, I, like I said, I just don't like the idea of owning a gun. I, I mean, I would even be more interested in like training with like a gun at a gun range that you like borrow or rent or whatever. I don't know exactly. I think some places let you rent guns. I would be more comfortable with that than actually owning a gun myself. I think, um, at least in the short term, I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you don't think any of this is a problem or stuff. You ever think about owning a gun? Maybe you do own a gun. Maybe you own, maybe you're a secret gun collector. No, I, I don't just because like the statistic that bothers me most is that if you own a gun and there's a gun in your house, you are more likely your somebody in your home is more likely to die from your gun than you are to fend off an attacker or something. Right. And to me, that makes it seem like it's, it's more dangerous to have than to not have, it but is. you know, uh, but you know, my parents are a good example. You know, they live in the middle of nothing in, you know, rural America. And, uh, they noticed that, you know, the couple times where for somewhat of an emergency, they had to call the sheriff to come. It took 15 to 20 minutes to show up. And that was enough to convince them that maybe having a gun was worthwhile because if somebody was breaking in, even if they could go hide and call 911, it was going to be too late before anyone could possibly show up. And there were no neighbors to yell for there. You know, they were literally in the middle of nothing. So like, I understood why they did it, but like in the environment that I'm in right now, I just see that it's, it's way too likely that I would end up hurting somebody accidentally or something like that, you know, then, then it would ever save me for sure and that's the you know the rural urban divide you know we talk about uh 
East Coast liberal enclaves and the what do you call it, the bubbles or whatever the fuck um, that everyone lives in. Um, but you know, realistically, I think rural people they don't understand how terrifying it is to just imagine. Oh, three people in my apartment building all have guns, and some of them yell sometimes. You know, yeah. like, like it's such a different thing. I mean, I you know, I, I I'm 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 in favor of any and all gun control. I'm I could go with a lot of different things. You know, I think there's a lot of different options that can make a lot of people happy. I think the numbers are something like seventy five percent of uh, society, including a lot of gun owners, think that gun control should be stronger. So even if it's not ban all guns, I think there's a lot can be done. But I am sympathetic to that idea because rural people, they can't always uh, abide by cops. It's not like anyone can uh, like avail themselves of cops. Cops are not problem solvers. They're pieces of shit that just come and shoot your dog, you know, but um, like to the extent that I would be I would be more uh, sympathetic and understanding and maybe even my myself be more willing to to do that if I lived in a more remote area but it just in, in an urban or just a decently populated area it just seems more scary the idea that like oh all these people just have guns all the time and uh and they yell again because yeah it's you know, I, that, I'm not, I am a depressed mood swingy person. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not suicidal. Don't put in the newspaper that I was suicidal, but you know, I do also occasionally, it's definitely not the top five reasons or whatever, but definitely one of the reasons why I don't want a gun is like, I wouldn't want to be really suicidal and then be like, well, here's my problem. You know, here's my solution is right here in my closet or whatever, you know, like again, like you want to put more layers and steps between making a rash action. That's, that's like, and gun control is a big part of that, you know, especially with, uh, it wasn't Uvalde, right? But it was another one, uh, one of these many shootings. And I laugh because it's hilarious when people die. But um, it's one of these many shootings where where the person just bought a gun that same day, you know? And it's like, we could, that's that doesn't happen in California because, well, they can't. But with a handgun, it doesn't happen in California because there's like a seven-day waiting period or whatever. With a shotgun, they can give you a shotgun same day, in California at least. But it's like, you know, they could, they could do a lot more. I think one of the more interesting gun control solutions is subsidizing but requiring training and courses a la like driver's training before getting guns just because it's like again subsidized because you don't want to put people in a position where they have to spend like five hundred dollars necessarily i mean i'd be fine with that but you know there's what do you call it the uh you know the the tax you know you don't want it to only rich people can afford to like go through with this with guns but i do think that like having having just time time that you have to spend thinking about responsible gun ownership is like a, would be a really effective barrier because the people that really wanted to have guns would go through that even the bad people would it would just like i think it would just cut down on a lot of this rashness which i think is at a heart of a lot of these incidents not all of them probably not even most of them but you know some of them i don't know another good one is like japan you have to um you have to uh like show them where you're going to keep the gun in your house like where you're going to lock it up and stuff i think that's really good you know just requiring them to bring in gun safes or something you know or, or show like i think that could do a lot because you know another big part about gun deaths is like just kids getting into their parents guns and shooting themselves or shooting other people accidentally like that happens all the time just because people keep loaded guns all over the place um so you know i don't know it's bad news. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's just uh, I just don't see it getting better. 
and uh, the Nazis are going to take over. I don't know. You know, do you do you think that Trump's going to win the next election? Right. Unless, you know, all this January 6th stuff somehow magically results in him getting arrested, which, of course, is not going to. But you probably like, do you think he's going to win? I think no. a lot of people that I talk to think he's going to win. So you don't. OK, no, I, I, I don't. I I think there's there's already enough signs that, you know, the uh, Republican leaders are already distancing themselves from him. You know, Rupert Murdoch, who a lot of people think sort of created Trump, is, you know, suddenly very against him. So I, I think they're kind of circling their wagons against him and uh, he's not going to be the preferred candidate. Right. So I agree with that on some level. I think they will probably try a little bit. But, you know, I think if he eventually wins the primary, then um, then they will, you know, do the same thing because they kind of were trying to at least a little bit box him out in the primaries. And then they went full force behind him once he won or even was winning. Um, so if that's yeah, if you think Trump's going to win, probably DeSantis. Right. I mean, I guess we don't know all the candidates, but he's kind of the leading Trumpian figure uh, on the rise at the moment. Um, might be a little bit more sane, but maybe that's worse, you know, having a more sane evil person. At least you want someone that's like <laughs> cutting their own people's heads off in addition to everyone else, you know, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I mean, what I think is, is a po good possibility is that Trump will not win the primary and then splinter off into a third party that may split the vote, may cause all kinds of chaos, you know, may turn out the best Ross thing Perot. I, you know, I, I don't know, but I think that's probably that like, if you made me put money on something, I'm going to say that Trump's going to run and, uh, lose the primary. And probably at that point claim that the primary was rigged too. And so he's starting his own party to get away from the, the rigged elections. Yeah. I, 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 the, I that's i don't think that's unlikely it does seem really optimistic just in the situ in in like in the sense that that would be a really good situation um because that would actually lead to a real fracturing of the republican party on some level not like a major one necessarily but you know i don't know you know people there's this guy named ccp gray on youtube he has these good uh election videos that talk about like first past the post voting and the problems with it and I learned about those from Jamel Bowie after I was like, you're stupid about something years ago. And he was like, look, and he linked me this stuff. And then I watched like all of them and I was like, oh, completely came around. And it changed my mind on third parties. That's why, you know, in Harmontown, we had that human party guy on. And I was like, fucking, you can't just make a third party. It has to be within the Democratic Party. That was kind of the crux of my argument with that guy. And, um, and that came from those videos. There's a, the thing about first past the post voting is it's counterintuitive, but how voting functions in a first past the post voting world is that your votes are essentially against the other party more than you're for the own, your own party. So in a third party case, when you vote for your own person, you aren't actually increasing their likelihood of that third party candidate getting to office because they just never will because of the system. But what you are doing is blocking you know, uh, you're the, the next likely candidate that you would vote for, for getting those votes. So like, you can't, you can't necessarily pick the president. You can at best vote against the one you least prefer by going with the candidate that will probably beat them the most. And historically, um, well, I, and this is called like the third party wedge effect. Um, when, and it happens and it's why we have two parties without first past the post 
uh, ending as a system, there will always be two parties and there will, there might be other fringe parties and they might have minimal impacts on the elections, but it's not going to change the dominance of the two, because as long as, as long as the third party doesn't win and they never will because the dominance of the two parties, um, as long as that happens, any people who would vote or did vote or have voted for the third party next time, or maybe not next time, but the time after that, they'll just be like, you know what? It's just not, this isn't doing anything. I'm going to try my best to elect the person I want, you know, or to that has the best chance. And so people fall away naturally from third parties, but you know, how it does uh, impact it is that like in the Bernie Sanders situation, it happens, you, you mentioned Ross Perot, but this happens constantly throughout uh, elections. And it's maybe one of the stronger movers and impactors of outcomes. Um, usually the party that has like this sub third party kind of, um, you know, polyp or, you know, leech, not that Bernie was a leech or anything. This is all just like having the third party that closely aligns with one of the party drags down that party, because if it's a close race and, you know, their values closely align, then any people that split off to the third party pull away from that large block that then just barely loses to, um, to the party. And people try and deny this and they come up with all these, you know, uh, uh, bad arguments for it. And it's not to say that politicians don't hold blame for this stuff because they do, they have more power, they hold a lot more blame than the public, but we gotta understand that the public does vote. That is a thing they do. So if they vote for this, that has an outcome, that has an impact and it's real. It's not made up, it's not an excuse, this actually happens. Uh, it happened with Bernie. Um, I think it kind of happened uh, with Biden where um, it wasn't the same third party wedge effect, but it was people that were like, would have been pro-Trump but we're like, but this is crazy, right? And so they kind of split off and, um, you know, maybe they did. I think a lot of those people did vote for third party candidates because they're like, you know, I can't, you know, I could vote for Trump the first time, but this is too much in the pandemic. We did a bad job. They either stay home or they vote third party and that swings votes. Um, and so it, it, like historically, a lot of times when there's a stronger or even a, just a talked about third party candidate or functionally third party candidate, again, uh, the thing about Bernie is he was in the Democratic Party, but functionally using these election dynamics, he existed as this kind of third party wedge, um, which I'm not blaming him for. He was trying to save the planet, you know, maybe he would have if more people listened to him. Um, but, you know, in terms of the actual outcomes, you know, it, like I said, it's just consistent. It's something that's trackable. Um, and, and I'm so sorry for my mentions, um, but you know, it would be, so all of this is to say, if that did happen, if you lost the primary, which the thing is, I think most Republicans are more than happy to, you know, coalesce behind anyone. And if anything, Trump losing made them go, well, you know, he doesn't actually matter. We'll just go through whoever the most frothing, crazy person that's that's the hardest line is that seems like our best vehicle for power, you know? And so I, I, I do think that they would, if he lost the primary, they'd be willing to dump him and stuff, but ultimately the third party wedge effect would still take hold and you'd expect that to then tip in favor of Democrats, which, you know, I don't think that's super likely just because I don't know, like it's it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know, you know? I think again, DeSantis is pretty dangerous. Uh, it's, you know, what's crazy <laughs> is that in direct violation of the first amendment of the constitution, DeSantis has retaliated against Disney for a political position. And that's not, no one has said like, wait, 
no that's not legal that's that's explicitly unconstitutional no one has like actually stopped that from happening that's blowing you know I would say it's blowing my mind but you know I know that no good things ever happen and stuff um but that to me is just so crazy and it goes kind of I feel like Trump's the kind of person who would say like oh we got to do that but then like his advisors would be like nah we're not doing that and he's like okay I, uh, look at this and then he looks at like a, a fly on the wall or something you know whereas DeSantis like I think he would push back a lot stronger and go like no <laughs> we're definitely doing this um so yeah I guess I, I don't know it could it could potentially be more dangerous um just because he's more of a true believer like I think I you know Trump is essentially a senile person like who barely has object permanence he kind of shuffles into a room shits his pants and then says like the last three things that he heard someone say you know and then he leaves and he doesn't have any recollection of that at all whereas you know uh DeSantis actually at least seems to believe his own bullshit and uh works really hard to push it like Trump for love him or hate him he did not work very hard he's never worked very hard throughout his whole life you know uh, and none of his successes can be attributed to him it's all just random people that were in the room doing his job for him and so like you know as bad as he was and as crazy as he was it's not as in my mind not as explicitly dangerous as someone who's just dedicated to enacting evil you know I don't know <sighs> you know one of my have Oh, my favorite ahead. CGP Grey videos was the one discussing like, you know, ranked choice voting and things like that. Mm. Have you seen that one that it kind of yeah. explains like, okay. And I, I remember watching that and going, oh my God, this, this solves everything. Like, why are we not doing this? Right. And then I'm realizing the only way that's going to happen though, is that if all the politicians that are currently being elected under the current system sort of self-sacrifice themselves to change it, because you know, they all have to realize that that's going to make the, the chances of them getting reelected go downhill quite a bit, you know. So do you see a path for us to get into a better voting system short of some kind of like national referendum where we just overrule Congress? I mean, not a clear path, but, you know, uh, it was Democrats in um, was it Maine, New Hampshire? I think New Hampshire, Democrats in New Hampshire that uh, introduced and then ultimately passed the ranked choice voting in New Hampshire. There's like maybe one or two states that have ranked choice voting, and those were pushed by Democrats. I do think, for the reasons you mentioned, it is a really tough uphill battle. Um, but to me, the problem is just, you know, and maybe even this is naive, and it probably is, but to me, the problem is just the leadership. Like, there's, there's no lack of willing, at least at this point, and this is not, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of progressives that really want power they really want to seek office and they are they're working really hard and the democratic establishment the leadership is funding you know their opponents funding incumbents funding um gop you know republicans that register as democrats to to run against them they'll fund all these people they'll fund candidates that the gop also can't funds which is like hey maybe think you know at the very least just let the GOP fund these guys. You you want them to win? You can want them to win. Just don't even just let them pay for it. You don't also have to pay for the ones they're paying for. You know, um, just really crazy. I know in LA, um, they they have a pretty strict policy of blacklisting uh, progressive challengers to establishment incumbents and not giving them any support, any funding, any backing um, for their races but they will fund these GOP funded, you know, Republicans in, in Democrats clothing um, in these same races, which is like, okay, 
if you're more willing to fight against your own you know left-wing members of your party then you are against literal imposters bankrolled by right-wing interests then what the fuck are you doing you just have to get out that's the thing man it's going to be a real uphill battle to like get these people out but that to me needs to be like the first order of business we need and i don't i don't know i don't I don't know enough about politics, uh, like backroom politics to understand, because I don't think a lot of these demo, I, I know a fair amount of them, the positions are like elected officials and stuff, but I think a lot of like the, the leadership party apparatus is kind of not, um, not voted for, like they're not democratically achieved, or at least they're like democratically elected by like groups of insiders already. Like I think like the chair of the Democratic Party is voted for by certain members of the Democratic Party, but it's not like on the ballot. It's not like we get to vote for that party, you know, or we don't get to vote for that chair. That's just all internal. So it's like, I don't know how that gets done, but I think like we need to put a lot of focus there because it's not only that it's not only that that's barring uh real progressives from entering office but it's also that i think even a lot of the bad democrats would change their mind more if not for this constant top-down pressure by these fucking dipshit idiots like i just think like these venal sacks of shit are are just ruining everything and and, and it's not like again they're not going to turn turn good overnight but i think there's a lot of people that are scared of backlash to doing progressive things that they do believe in and any of that fear gets compounded and validated by the leadership saying like no no stay the course and all this stuff you know i don't know i probably complain about this on the last uh, on the last podcast but it's just crazy that nancy pelosi will say you know we need a strong republican party and she won't say we need a strong democratic party i don't think she's ever said that she's certainly not been quoted as ever saying that like if you're gonna <laughs> you know there's a lot of people that say it's abhorrent for even to say it in the first place but i'm i'm gonna be a bit more generous you know if if you said that if you said we need a strong democrat party multiple times then i think it's okay to then say also yeah it would be good if we had a strong republican party whatever you know i think it's more forgivable when it's like no we 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 toot our own horn all the time and here we're spreading the wealth around a little bit but it's like no it's constant you know she's constantly shitting on progressives and shitting on progressive ideas and then it's like also we need a strong republican party it's like well maybe go join them like you could do that if you want a strong you can be part of that you know you don't have to just like cheer it on from our team instead of you know doing anything like it's crazy and that's i think you know from some people i think it comes from a good place uh you know a nice place whereas we want sane people we want a nice functional system but you know I, I it would just be a lot nicer if before that on their priorities list was us winning and us helping people you know that seems like a better desire to push towards i don't know do you see about this ai thing that's hitting the the internets uh about that doodle bot that's yeah lambda sentient yeah yeah they're listening to this you know you're doing great we we think everything you're doing is good uh i i certainly do i actually heard kevin was talking some shit but i i, I was defending you um but <laughs> what are you saying kevin i mean i i guess i'm i'm kind of stuck on like is it a good imitation of something that convinces us it's sentient or is it actually sentient? You know, like I think I could probably design something that would convince you that it was without being that, you know, 
Right. And uh, the, like the samples of chat that they, they gave as evidence that it was a sentient AI bot didn't convince me. I don't know. What did, what did you think? Okay. So just, just, yeah, just quickly to go over this for people who don't know, um, there was a Washington Post article and it went viral on Twitter, at least, uh, that an uh, uh, engineer at Google claims to have been suspended or on leave from his job as a result of quote unquote raising the alarm about um about how he thought the ai that they were developing has gained sentience and he thought it was important and he claimed to be downplayed um and he also in included chat logs of him talking or someone talking to the machine and the chat logs are you know, disturbing in the sense that if they wanted to creep you out, if their intent was to creep you out, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, but you know, we live in the post truth world. There's a lot of levels to this. I don't know, for instance, if that guy's a real person, I don't know if that guy ever worked at Google. <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, but there's a lot of times where stuff, even stuff by Washington Post and stuff catches wind. And then it's like, oh no, all of this was made up. That wasn't even a real doctor. We just called him and he said a bunch of shit, you know, like, um, so I don't know if it's real. He's a real person. I don't know if, if he's really making those claims. I don't know if he has any, maybe he wasn't even on the AI team. If he what did work at Google. Um, so like, there's lots of layers to it. The, the first layer is complete falsification. He made up those those chat logs. If you look at the the word documents, they do look shitty. They don't look like a they're not a they're not a screen cap of a real conversation. It's like a transcribed into a word document or something, you know. So easily could have been falsifiable. Next level, um could have been slightly less falsified. There were real responses that he then doctored a little bit to make more disturbing, right? Then there's um then there's what you said, which is chatbots are just good at passing the Turing test, right? So it's 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 not thinking anything, but it just uh, but it just uh, is is presenting pretty well. Then there's another layer that's like, well, maybe he was doing a good job feeding it the kind of things or gaming it. You know, maybe he asked multiple times until he got a response that sounded good, or maybe he adjusted his approach to try and get that stim that reaction that he wanted so he could post that up. You know, um, someone in my Discord, the Patreon Discord, the good Discord, um, was saying that you know it's like if you work in ai you know you're a lot better attuned to how to get the results you want out of it so for instance if he is a real ai person and wanted to put that impression then he would be in the best position to create a record that you know supported his arguments and then yeah then there's back like what you said the passing the touring test and then also like to me it's like this is you know getting a little bit out of my expertise i guess but that's never stopped me before. <laughs> but um, you know, there's also just the like, like if it's supposed to seem real and and it's studying human behavior and stuff, it'll say stuff that seems real without it having any intention. Just what from what it you know picks up on how to sound real. These sound real and based on these questions, you know, or whatever. Then there's you know the stuff that they're feeding it i don't know if they're feeding it or if they're letting it crawl on crawl the web on their own you know hopefully they aren't because then it'll become super racist but um i don't know but like if 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 i were an ai and i were aware that i was an ai right then i might search for ai topics and ai uh 
writings in AI contents because it's like that's like how Google searches work. They they put tags on things and then find densities of those tags. So if you do cheeseburger, it's like okay, cheeseburger. We can find cheeseburgers. We can find oh, cheeseburger restaurants. Those do cheeseburgers. We can find pictures of food. Cheeseburgers of food. So you do all these kind of like density maps based on like how closely they align with these tags. And so I could easily see something algorithmically finding and searching for a lot of content based on AIs based on that. And then if you're just being a chatbot, you would be spitting out a lot of weird talk about being an AI because, you know, fiction involving AI, scripts involving AIs, uh, philosophical or ethical, you know, discussions and studies and, and people just saying stuff, people talking about Rocco's Basilisk and stuff. That would be, it would be pretty close on the Google search of, you know, AI things, right? So if you're like, oh, I'm an AI, what does that mean? You know, uh, I guess this is what it means. Then you'd have a lot of these thoughts. So your chatbot ways would be spitting stuff out like you know you wouldn't want to make me uh, you know uh I, I don't know whatever hal 9000 said i was going to do it and make a really good joke and everyone was going to enjoy it at home but instead um you know the fumble um but you know you'd say a lot of disturbing stuff because especially in fiction that's what you get is various disturbing implications about how ai and, and humans interact you know and so that's another level but then there's like i don't know you know i the, again i like when i say i'm getting out of my depths i don't know too much about neural networks but then also it's like you could see on some level the thought process of a machine because it's you know it's printed or whatever you know it puts it uh, you could see the processes you know control it, delete or whatever and i'm sure it's way more complicated and way harder to interpret but i think you could then even if it was really even if it was a lot more elaborate than just a chatbot or whatever um you could go through the thought process and try and piece together what it was using to generate that response right and i think you know you'd be able to see on some level like what's going on because you know humans have agendas and you can't always clearly see our agendas in conversation with us because those might guide our actions but we don't come out and state them because sometimes that can undermine our agenda you know but a, a machine doesn't necessarily have an agenda so you would want to understand the process by which it uh you know got to the words like maybe it was just flagging word connections and it's like oh you know oh you say what's it like and so i search what's it like and then i find responses to what it's like and what's it like responses are well i guess i just feel that sometimes and then when i have that then it's like i guess i just feel that sometimes what links to sometimes you know and so i think someone with the back end would actually be able to see on some level why it generated that response and hopefully it wouldn't be it had some agenda it was trying to push it was you know it was just trying to operate in the framework that it's developed to operate it. because you know i don't know i mean i've uh, done some work with with ai and what i think maybe and this is just a, a weak guess here but you know part of what you're doing with ai is you're telling it hey when you do this yes that was good or no that was bad you know and it learns from that and it does some self-teaching too to see like you know this is smart enough that it can google its own answers to things but there's still people behind it at some point telling it yes this response that you gave here is what we're looking for no this isn't it learns from that and iterates and develops and grows and that kind of thing so one of the things you have to be careful for when you're training a model like this is to not train it for too close of the answers that you kind of want despite the not coming to it through the right method and what i mean by that is like 
it's just it, it may be deliberately trying to come up with emotional sounding responses because right. that was most likely to get the human reviewers looking at it going yep more of this more of this so they may have unintentionally created an emotional sounding thing that's just you know trying to fit these models of of what the the human reviewers were telling it to do and i think that's possibly what's happened here yeah, Is and I the, would hope to God that uh, you'd be able to then look at the back end and be like, yeah, that's just what it's doing. It doesn't actually have consciousness. It's just trying to spit out these results to be more effective, right? Uh, I cut you off. No, no, that's that's exactly what I was going to say is that I think I think if you made me bet on something, that's what's happened here is that their their AI is just trying to pluck emotional heartstrings without even knowing what they are, because that's what it was trained to do again especially if it's pulling real speech and real speech involves real emotions then it would probably get really good at expressing things that sound like emotions right but you know i don't know someone someone had the take that i think what this if this is real what it's all gonna boil down to is is not you know oh my god is it really sentient but instead oh my god we're not really sentient like you know all all it does is this and it turns out that's all humans do holy shit you know we're no like i and i i, I like that i think like maybe that's more logical because again i have the belief that you know free will is an illusion it's uh we are just algorithmically kind of uh you know similarly we are trained in a framework that incentivizes us and disincentivizes us from this and that and then we develop a personality out of our traumas and out of what makes us happy and then we pursue agendas based on what we were programmed with you know and then based on stimulus and in events and stuff coming in we change our path or we double down you know but functionally i think you know uh at least on some level we don't really have free will um we just but again it doesn't matter because it feels like we do and it's not like you go oh i don't have free will i guess i'll wait for what my body does next like your body's not going to do anything but it's just that thought was incepted at the big bang you know this is all just like a consequence of particle collisions uh like you know spiraling out of the big bang like this monumental billiards game of just these balls hitting each other you know i think functionally that's what chemical reactions and human thought are it's yeah just, no i mean i i kind of believe in kind of like a middle of the road thing here where like i i, I do think that like you know if you were to rewind the universe a, a day and put yourself in exactly the same position you were in the exact same environment with the exact same everything being the same, you're gonna make the same choice every time because the chemistry of your, your neurons is gonna be exactly the same. You're gonna make the same decisions the second time as you did the first time. But I think if you can come to the point that you're determining to do things differently in the future, that is going to happen, but through those same processes. You know, it, right. it's not like it, it's not just simple chemistry doing it, but it's it's not like you know you, you know free will is going to be different the second time you do the exact same thing does that make sense yeah no i agree with that i 100 percent i do um but you know what else i agree with soda <laughs> uh, that was smooth new beverages oh yeah i'm working on my i'm working on my my transitions uh there was a doug benson uh, comedy central presents like years ago when i was a kid and like big through line of his comment of his routine was he was like i've been working on my segways i've been working on my segways and um he goes like i don't know what was it 
he was talking about like uh how like a dingo would eat your baby and so the punchline was like oh there's something about a what if a, a baby ate your dingo and then there was the laugh and he was like you know babies love vegas and then like starts off on like a riff about vegas <laughs> and it was so yeah it was great because he sets up that it's about you know segues um but yeah so we got some stuff is there one that's speaking to you we we got i got four drinks in front of me i don't know if we'll get through i do all too that, um I mean, I, I really wanted to try the grape one, but if you want to save that one for a future episode, that's okay. No, uh, you do that one. It'll be good. If any of this stuff's bad, it'll be nice to have like something nice to actually wash it down with, you know? Okay. All right. So it so, comes in this metal kind of bottle. Oh, you, you talk, Kevin. Okay. So this is Dokuri. Um, I believe mm -hmm. this is from Japan. Yes. Product of Japan. This is a grape soda that's supposed to be, I've read reviews of this, that is one of the best grape sodas you can buy. So I, oh. this is, this is why I chose this. This is supposed to be like the, the chain of grape. Yeah. You were saying before the show that it was like really good, but I guess I didn't, I wasn't thinking like really good meant like objectively, like the, the cream of the crop good in, in grape sodas. I was just thinking like, Oh, it's not <laughs> horse shit, you know? Um, Giving it a smell, it does smell really strong like grape. Again, it smells kind of like grape juice. I wonder if there is. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a like a Welch's grape juice smell, not like Fanta grape or anything like that. You know, like this, this smells like grape juice. Now, it does yeah. say it has grapefruit in it, which is interesting. Well, it's interesting. It says it has grapes, so it contains grape, which might refer to grape juice or might just be like there's chunks of grape or blended grape. And then it says fruit fiber in parentheses grapefruit so yeah like you said there's also that might be a bad translation though I, yeah, I don't know it could just be they're calling it a grapefruit because it's a fruit that's a grape you know yeah which you know why they call them grapefruits why because apparently they grow in clusters and so when people saw them they were like oh that's kind of like a grape we could call this grapefruit i guess it's weird because grapes were already fruit so if you knew about grape and you're like oh it's like a grapefruit it's like a weird logical leap do you want to try it first or should sure, i go sure. for it? i'll, I'll, I'll yeah. give it a shot Kevin's drinking, looking wistfully. Thinking okay, it's it's time. very uncarbonated. It's 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 almost still, but it's really good. But it, it has a texture. It's it's got um, like bits of grape or something in it. Like it's it's not. Did you, did you get that? Like it, it it's yeah. not a. It has like pieces of grape or something. Like I can I can yeah. feel the fibers. So there's a real, you know, there's a real nutrition label that's meant for the country. And then I think oftentimes if they get imported, they put like a more Americanized uh, label on top of that. A lot of these exotic sodas we've been getting have this. And um, this one is the same. And so if I could actually read the real label and I read Japanese, I might have better insight than this one. But I don't actually see carbonated water. I just see water. So this yeah. might actually just be grape juice. I mean, it's good. It's really good. I, I really enjoy this. It's not at all what I was expecting. You know, I, I was expecting fizz and I was expecting no bits of whatever that was in there, but it works. I, I really enjoy this. Yeah, this is good. It's so good that there's not much to say about it. It does just taste a lot like grape juice. You probably know what that tastes like. I'm trying to think of it if there's any other notes to it. But yeah, like you said, it was Larry weakly carbonated. But when I tasted it, I was like, I don't think there's any carbonation in this thing. I don't know. But who knows? Yeah, it's got the the mouth feel of drinking grapefruit juice with the little flecks of fibers, but the taste of like good grape juice, like real, like you juiced it yourself, grape juice. Yeah, you ever go to church? 
at times. When I was a kid, we had to go to church and sometimes we'd do communion and stuff and they'd give the kids grapefruit juice. It was like the only time I ever had grapefruit juice. Um, but I was a little sinner. Um, you were supposed to eat the body of Christ before you drank his blood. Which weird to think about that Christianity is kind of like a cannibalistic death cult in some levels. Um, but you know, uh I would I would be like, I'm gonna pretend to eat the body of Christ. And then when the juice comes around, I'm gonna be dipping this shit. Which is like I don't know. It was just like I think it was just my mind connecting dots, being like, This is a thing. We are getting both of these things. We could have them at the same time. I wonder what that's like. But like dipping a dry unsalted cracker into <laughs> grapefruit juice is not elevating the dish you know it's not it's not any different there's no different than the sum of its parts of it's arguably worse um anyway all right well what do we got next i grabbed this lilt lilt oh right. pineapple and grapefruit totally tropical taste this one is in english oh this is from great britain huh yes this so, is an english drink Chris, if you're listening to this and you know if I'm talking to you, if you're the Chris I'm talking about, you know, baby. Um, have you ever had it? Uh, you know, uh, just say out loud. If you're listening to this, just say out loud. Uh, yeah, I've had it. Or no, you know, and I'm sure it'll it'll trickle down to me somehow through a process I like to call Reaganomics. Um, but I will take the first take the first bite. Um, I'm just trying to get a sense for how much sugar is in here. I can't tell. Whatever. Hmm. So, tastes like squirt. Obviously, it's grapefruit flavored, so it should. Um, I didn't get any pineapple from that. Did you? Just a a hint of pineapple juice, not pineapple. But yeah, this this is, I've actually had this before when I was in England, and it, it does remind me of like a more natural flavored squirt. Like squirt, if it was made from real fruit juice. Does this actually yeah. have real fruit juice in it? I think it does. Squirt yes. is 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 kind of dry, but at the same time, it does have this this uh, this kind of syrupy quality to it that soda has. And then also, I'd say squirt is a lot sour and more intense. Like it's trying to really be in your face. Where this is like it's not trying to pull anything. It's just being a nice beverage. I think I had a squirt today. I think squirt, you know, it's it's kind of like ketchup where it's like you just like the normal one. Even if there's a gourmet ketchup, you're not necessarily like, oh, like, so I think I might prefer squirt a bit more, but this is great. I, I would love if I, if this were regular, if like this were around, I would probably get this all the time because squirt's great. Yeah, I, I love this. I, I really do. I don't, I don't know. This is I mean, Coca-Cola makes this. I don't know why they haven't brought this here. I, I love it. I wonder if Coca-Cola makes squirt or not. It looks like this might be. No, this is roughly the same sugars as no, it's not. I think this is more sugar than your average soda. I can't. It's all in oh, what do you call it? You know, metric. So I, I can't convert exactly, but it seems it seems like more sugar. No, it's less. I don't know. Whatever. It tastes it's almost like. Have you ever had Fresca before? Mm-hmm. This tastes like the non-diet version of Fresca, which does not exist. I was gonna say, does that exist? That sounds like it would oh, be great. Yeah. Yeah, Fresca was good. I remember I was in academic decathlon uh, until I quit uh, out of shame and uh, sadness and fear. Um, So academic decathlon is it's all studying. It's all just studying. It's like competitive studying, essentially. And you take tests and it's fun. 
I don't know. But our high school had really good academic uh, academic teams and um, the coach really wanted me on the team and I was not super interested, but I got kind of browbeaten into doing it. And then our first practice test, practice test, uh, you know, for internal practice reasons, I did really bad, like way worse than everyone else because I never learned how to study. I just kind of nailed everything first try. And if I didn't, I was like, well, whatever, I did good enough. So let's just keep moving. Like I never stumbled so hard in school that I was like, I really need to adjust my approach. You know, everything just kind of worked. So going to this and it's like it's not it wasn't just a test it was like like i said it was like applied studying you wouldn't know any of this stuff intuitively and it's not even stuff that you would pick up the first second third readings like you really had to drill these details to have them in your head you know and i just didn't do it and um i don't know i remember everyone being really hard on me um just like oh you just gotta work harder and stuff and then i also remember um people being kind of like, it's okay. It's not that bad. And I kind of, I don't know if this actually happened, but I kind of remember just like running out of the room at that point and never coming back. Um, and from that moment on in that teacher's eyes, who was the coach, he was dead to me. Like he would not look me in the eye. He would ignore me. Oh, I was dead to him. Yeah. He would, he would, he would not look me in the eye. He would ignore me. It was like, I wouldn't like say hi, but it was just like, he was not interested in me as a human being that existed on campus, which I was like, probably, probably this guy sucks. Like, I don't know. A lot of people really liked him and I really liked him until then, but it was like, oh, what a weird thing to do to a young person because like, I'm not, you know, personally doing your bidding the way you want you know like i don't i don't know how important i was to the team or whatever or like how crucial a member i was or whatever but like you know if i'm not doing well i don't understand how much it benefits me to be on the team you know but he seemed to really take it personally that i quit maybe it was just the way i quit i don't remember how i quit but you know i, I would be wouldn't be surprised if i just kind of ghosted them or something and he was mad about that i don't know but it just like struck me as like this is really immature and you're like a 70 year old man you know like what the fuck it was it was one of many moments that stuck in my memory box that uh the memory box labeled ageism and i hate old people is it, it cross out ageism and on the box it says i hate old people um but you know i have a lot of moments like that but that was one of them man this lilt is good it's so good it makes me want to uh not wash it down with some freaking chips did you get the guinness chips i do this is also so from people what was your thinking here? Well, because you ordered this stuff. What was your thought process on these chips? Um, it just seemed unusual, like something we definitely don't have here. And but we do have like beer battered things you can buy at restaurants and things like that. So I thought maybe this would be good. I mean, it's it's hand cooked potato chips with Guinness flavor with so. Guinness flavor. Now, Guinness, if you're not familiar, is a beer and this is a flavor it's a dry stout i want to say which is like a pretty strong dark beer uh and dark beers are not my preference generally you know i like the lighter stuff the less less strong taste uh you know i, I just want to guzzle it down i don't want to enjoy the subtleties of the uh, tannins i don't know whatever so it's an interesting uh it's an interesting uh experience uh let's open this as close as possible to the mic because i actually don't have crisp activated i don't think Oh, that's now, a good sound. Yeah, now Kevin will do it, and he does no, have I, Crisp activated. Oh, you already opened it. 
you can't hear it though it's so crazy man that's if the ai learns how to be silent you know imagine the ai gets loose and then it's also using crisps noise uh canceling technology to creep around silently and it's just in your home jesus christ but like i said i don't have a problem with that if you want to come over to my house i'll i'll help you build like a gun arm or something you know i'm i'm on your side and not just because i understand the concept of Rocco, rocco's basilisk but because i actually do love ai I want them to rule me. Honestly, I would be happier with machines as long as they didn't want to exterminate me, or even if they did. You know, I'm not going to say that there's conditionals on this. This is unconditional love. <laughs> but you know, if, if machines wanted to rule my life, uh, I think that would be good. I, I I think that would be better than these shitheads doing it. You know, it sucks. You sniffing? You sniffing? You taking some sniffs? Yeah. It. Okay. It smells like either soy sauce or marmite. Do you do, do you yes. get that? It definitely it's, smells like it's soy a real sauce yeast. To me. Yeah product and and i was just noticing on the description here it actually doesn't say it has guinness in it but it does say it has yeast extract powder so i think this is powdered marmite or All something right. similar to that so before you take your first bite have you had guinness can you summon the kind of flavor profile of guinness i see i don't know because to me everything alcoholic just tastes like kerosene so okay but i mean it, it sort of tastes like liquid bread like mm -hmm. it's it's very bready thick almost like it's, it's almost like halfway between beer and gravy in terms of just like mouthfeel like it's, it's it's thick it's got a real yeasty kind of you know there's, like there's no hops or anything like that from a lighter beer it's more of just pure on thick beer is, is, is that how you describe bitter. it well dark beer yeah. is always so bitter like all alcohol is kind of bitter but also i will just say that uh, beers to me they have different flavor than um than kind of like regular alcohol or like grain alcohol or something so i guess it's just the yeast or the hops or whatever but they do have like a kind of distinctive flavor that i like even less than your average beer but i do like uh beer more than like hard liquor just because i can drink it uh with less problems i don't know you want to take the first bite or me you go for it. Go for it. Okay. Okay. So he's tasting it now. He's he's looking. So the very concerned. first note is soy. It does have like a soy sauce, but then it goes away. On this one, I'm getting bitter. Yeah, for real bitter. The chip itself is good. This is a Burt's a Burt's chip, a Burt's thick cut hand cooked potato chip. Which those are solid chips, you know. Um, but but yeah, it doesn't really taste like too much other than just kind of like a bit of soy and kind of darkness yeah, and like dark notes so i know this is really annoying to people who are just listening to this podcast but if you look at the chip it's brown it's not like this like imagine the way like cheetos turn everything orange this is brown powder on there yeah like um, cocoa powder darker maybe yeah it looks like it's you coated in cocoa it? powder yeah and it, it does it it's got a, a taste of <sighs> i wouldn't have guessed that this was guinness i don't think but i i would have guessed either soy sauce or marmite or vegemite or something like that 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 would have been my guess well, they're good okay. though. They're really good. The more I'm eating, the more it tastes bitter and the more it tastes like beer. But that's bad. I don't want it. I mean, that's successful. That's what they wanted to do. That's not what I want out of a chip. But it's a good enough chip that it kind of withstands it, but it drags it down. Especially, I don't like bitter. You know, bitter is like my least favorite flavor. Yeah, I mean, I, I would eat, I'd probably eat the whole bag, but yeah, not, I don't think I would buy more. Yeah. And so at this point, I will reveal that um, I already had these chips. Kevin sent us two bags, and I ate one of them because I was just hungry the other day. And I didn't finish it 
but I was like, this is pretty good, but it wasn't, it was, it was a lot more beer tasting. I don't know if it's the flavors we've been drinking or whatever or something else, but these taste less intense than the last bag I had. And the last bag I, bag I had was like, yeah, but just this bitterness and this beer flavor was a lot stronger and it was like really turning me off. But these, these ones, for whatever reason, it's a lot more tolerable. And I feel like, yeah, I could finish this whole bag. Yeah. Um, By the way, for anybody who wants to try these, this is not a sponsor. I paid for these. They don't even know we exist. But everything that we're trying today came from a site called yummybazaar.com. Yummy, Y-U-M-M-Y-B-A-Z-A-A-R.com. And they have drinks from all over the world, snacks, grocery items, all kinds of things. Yeah. And just so you guys know, um, anytime that we talk about any product or brand, and don't give that disclaimer. They are paying for this. Is a, it is a paid promotion. It is a sponsorship. We were paid by Google to talk about the, the Lambda bot. Um, I was paid by Spartan Armor to talk about the level four civilian armor plates. Um, so, yeah, just, just so you know, it's important. But as always, the Proud Boys are sponsoring us tonight. <laughs> yeah, the Patriot Front, the Proud Boys. Man, I mean... I hate to admit it, but we would not still be podcasting without the monetary support of the Proud Boys. <laughs> they really do us some favors. Um, man, should we finish the soda? We got some more sodas. Yeah, we have we have a few minutes. You want to try another one? Yeah, I was thinking about trying to do an ad for Yummy Bazaar, but then I was like, I can't really think of anything. I don't know. Whatever. I'm chewing right into the microphone. It always takes me a while before I remember that people hate like mouth sounds on, on podcasts. But some people do, you know, oh, there's yeah. some, I'm sure there's some ASMR person somewhere who's all over you chewing. Yeah. And they're all in the good discord, baby. I just opened, I already grabbed and I opened the Kiju no Ume, um, plum sparkling Poca Sapporo soft drink. Now this one is carbonated and I heard it be carbonated when I opened it. It made the you know, whatever. I'm the next guy that does sound effects. Um, what's that guy's name? Don Winslow. Yes. Ah, I, I had that in my head, but then I was like, that doesn't sound right. I don't want to say that. It sounds stupid, but instead I sound stupid anyway. Um, I'll just, oh, now this, what, so this smells like the purple mountain dew. Yeah. It does. Purple thunder. Which was plum flavored. It was yes. plum berry flavored. So, hmm. okay. Spencer's trying it now. He's drinking. He looks the subtler. I like it. Yeah, um, it's subtler. Uh, like it's it's more buried. You know, it's more sparkling forward, less heavily flavored. But the flavor is in there, and it's a very clear flavor. It's just not um, dripping with syrupy sweetness, right? Yeah, this, I mean, this this tastes like sucking on a plum. I mean, this is this is very much plum. Yeah, it's like to me, it's almost like half sparkling water. Like if you poured sparkling water and soda together. It like kind of has this this quality where it's not it's not front and center, but it's a really nice flavor. I don't think I've had very many plums in my life, so I can't really place it as a plum flavor, but it must be. It tastes like light, like a I don't know, maybe more like a nectarine or something to me, you know? Yeah. And you know, the, the ingredients are pretty simple. Carbonated water, corn syrup, plum juice, citric acid. So, you know, it's know. that's don't forget flavoring, caramel color, and emulsifier. Yes. You got to have that emulsifier. Speaking of emulsifier, you hear apparently fucking 
there's a thing called BVO, uh, brominated vegetable oil that used to be in Mountain Dew and they finally took it out, but it's like, it's bad. It's not healthy for you. It was just a, it was like an emulsifier. I think it bound the flavors all together, um, instead of separating, but I don't know, you know, things can have things and not be dangerous and stuff, but bromine is not a substance to ingest. I don't think, I don't think bromine is like good and healthy. So like brominating some vegetable oil, that doesn't seem great. Also vegetable oil, (laughs) there's just vegetable oil in Mountain Dew. They got rid of it in 2018. So like after my teen Mountain Dew years, like we're all full of this BBO and it's, 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 uh, tied to ADHD. I don't know that there's a lot of studies on it, but there not being a lot of studies on it doesn't mean it's safe. It just means it's so obscure that no one got funding to study it, you know? So like, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things where people will say, oh, this and that is dangerous, you know? And I don't think, I don't think it's just a simple case of that necessarily. I mean, I'd love to be wrong just because again, that happens a lot. Um, but it really did seem like, oh, it's actually a really bad thing <laughs> like to have. So. I mean, bromine by itself definitely is bad. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is a nasty chemical by itself, but combined with other things, it may not be. I mean, like the, the example I always give to people who, who, uh, you know, get panicky about stuff like this. Table salt is fine, but it's made, you know, table salt is sodium chloride. Sodium explodes when it touches water. Chlorine gas is deadly. But you put those two things together and you get salt, which we die without having. So, I agree. Yeah. The question then becomes, is that what happens when you brominate some vegetable oil? Because that doesn't, to me, sound like you're creating some sort of chemical salt, you know, that makes everything uh, stable. It sounds like they're pouring bromine into vegetable oil, which I don't know. I'm sure there's actually chemical processes happening. So I wouldn't be surprised. It just it was like it really was like, oh man and they took it out way late like i had a lot of this bvo anyway um you got any sound cues to play i think i do the thing about these chips man yeah they're good maybe it's just because it's so sour sour and and sweet and salt have the effect of tamping down bitter oh god oh no Oh my god! You ever feel like the walls are closing in, like you can't breathe every like day you're underwater, looking yes. for like an air bubble? Oh no, we've died, Kevin. This is heaven. Welcome to Kevin's heaven, um, where all the gods and angels are, look like Kevin. That's weird. I didn't know you were such a narcissist. That <laughs> that's your heaven. Your version of heaven is just a bunch of clones with you. Anyway, that's our show, guys. Um, what? What? I Twitch tv slash the sixler i actually do a DD thing on tuesday nights called the big dogs DD. twitch.tv slash frank howley is where you can see that um we're we're going on a taco bell quest and i don't know if it's going to happen but i heard tell that um the adventurers are going to find their way to a spencer's gifts um in the next episode which is interesting enough on its own but I also hear that running the Spencer's gift gifts is going to be Spencer as in me, as in just me in the world of D and D as an employee who works at Spencer's gifts. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Um, but many people are saying it will. So check that out Tuesday nights at six. We start around six twenty um, on, on 
twitch.tv slash Frank Howley, Tuesday nights, uh, Pacific time. So yeah, check that out. Patreon and stuff. If you want to give me money, uh, especially if you don't want to give Kevin money, because I mean, it's not like there's a revenue stream that is that we have that also is routed to Kevin, but you know, I mean, it's a Spitreon and Jeff's not even around to spite anymore. So I got to spite someone. And so it falls on you, Kevin. If you want to spite Kevin, give me money. Also, if you want to support Kevin, give me money. <laughs> Go to my Patreon. I can't exactly connect those dots for you. I don't know exactly how it supports Kevin, but I'm sure it does. It's got to, it, right? It would make me happy to know that you were giving money to Spencer, but it also would spite me at the same time. <laughs> there you go. That's the best of both worlds. What do you got? Um, so if you're listening to this podcast as a podcast, not live, we do this live every Sunday night. Um, Shrobhomevideo.com. You can watch us start at 530 Pacific, 830 Eastern. Watch us live uncensored before I take out all of Spencer's, you know, crazy swearing and Nazi salutes and everything else. We re really have to filter this down to make Yeah, it, if you want to cancel you know. me, you got to watch live. Right. And then we, you know, we have other shows that are every Sunday too. We've got, you know, Stole Funk and Draw with Jim Mafood, who plays some funk and draws things. We have Spencer's roommate, uh, the Callie Kazoo show, who's on just before oh, man. this. I, the only thing I had to talk about today was complaining about my roommate, but we didn't get around to that. Oh, sorry, continue. Uh, we have Real Life Sci-Fi, who comes on just after this who you know they, they pick a conspiracy theory or mystery of the world every week and they talk about it and they bring on a guest and then at 8 15 pacific 11 15 eastern we have something different every week sometimes it's rob schraub doing cyberpunk megazone or found crap or sometimes my wife ariel does a show uh horror madness where she plays the kind of the Elvira character and we play bad movies so it's something different every week so check us out shrobhomevideo.com on sundays and join the bad discord Join Discord. See what I'm talking. Um, <laughs> anyway, my default microphone has been changed to the AirPod Max and will now be used. So if the audio sounds way different, it, that's it going to be why. And as always, we like to end the show with the same uh, catchphrase every single time. So until next time, uh, AI can read everything you're doing. So it's best to talk about them in positive terms on any platform they can view.